It's official. One Shining Podcast is back, and I am your host, Tate Frazier. And as March Madness begins, we're covering everything from Selection Sunday all the way to the championship and beyond. We're going to have great guests that are coming through on the show. And look, if you're a friend of the program and you're already subscribed, you don't have to do anything. OSP is back. It's going to be right back in your feed. And if you're not a friend of the program and this is your first time on the rodeo, then let me tell you this. You need to go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts and smash subscribe today because the OSP show is back. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. Arby's better not catch you slacking on snacking with their new 2 for $5 chicken wraps. And your choice of ranch, barbecue, honey, mustard, and a bonus flavor called Incredible Value. You can't taste it, but boy is it sweet. Arby's two for five dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. What's poppin'? Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bill there. They're calling me Logan two times, Raja, because they ne- you guys need to ask twice if I am recording. Um I'm just going to eat that. You know, I'm just going to take that on the chin. You're right. Okay. I, you, you're right. You guys got me. Whatever. We're here. Hey, it is what it is, bro. I mean, you know, great movie, Bronx Tale. What was his name? Something two times, two times. That's it. You're good. Dog. Ain't no shame in that. It's fine. I'm just, it's the, the inner competitiveness in me is just saying, because like clearly I fucked up on the sound way more times than you during our 10 years real ones. It, it just, it, it, it is what it is. And I'm just kind of, I'm kind of upset with that point of it. Like you're beating me probably like, you know, 30 to two or some shit right there. I just want to win. You know what I mean? I, no, but you get a win. You have a consistent win because I'm consistently either fractionally late or <laughs> or really late. And so you beat me every day. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. We'll go with that. Okay. I'll, I'll go with that. Um, you know what's beating the hell out of NBA teams, Raja? Injuries. Yeah. Dog. I hope that people appreciate how far we've come. Especially, well, you. I mean, I don't do the transitions, <laughs> but they're 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 your purview. But man, I hope they appreciate how far we've gone. Yo, when I was in Salt Lake, some of the homies who also asked, "Where's Roger?" Some of the homies was like, "One dude came to me. He was like, yo, your transitions have gotten really, really good.'" <laughs> and I was like, "Thanks," because I was trying to like right after the show, I bounced, bro. I'm like, I'm not trying to. I'm not. I didn't stay that long. But when I I, I saw somebody, he stopped me. He was like. Dude, your transitions have gotten so much better, and I was like, "Thanks, man, appreciate it, dude." I'm, I try it. I, 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 it's it's a great brain exercise. But um, the injuries are kicking the NBA's ass, man. Um, I woke up this morning. Um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't watch much basketball last night. Had a little, some personal stuff that I was that I was hanging doing and, and having fun with. And I wake up this morning and I see Kevin Durant is out. <laughs> <laughs> at least four to six weeks, bro. And I and, and then I look again. Wait, wait, Luka wait. They, they, what's up? They, they put four to six on Kevin Durant already. Yeah, it's the rumor right now. Yeah, at the point at this point, it's a it's a, a grade two ankle sprain. Oh, so wow. four to six. All so right. he's out for the rest of the season. At you know that, that wow. that's what they're saying. He's probably out for the rest of the season. Um, and he was out because he in a layup line he sprained his ankle. Like that happens. Luka Doncic gets hurt. Brandon Ingram gets hurt as well. It's just, it's it, it was not a good night for for injuries last night. And we'll start with Kevin. I talked about this as soon as like the trade went down, and it was one of my reservations. You know, I was all in on the Phoenix Suns, and my reservation was, are they going to be able to stay healthy? And I was thinking, 
you know, are they going to be healthy enough in May and June? Because that's when it's a haul, right? Play a whole season, and then, you know, your body just kind of breaks down at the end. It's like it's a war of attrition. But I didn't think it was going to be a freak injury in a layup line. And now the the Phoenix Suns season is all the way upside down. I don't even know what they do from here, man. Like, I guess they wait on it. They wait on Kevin. They... What do they do from here, Roger? What's 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 what, what is what is in, what do you think when you see all what I, what I just gave? You? First thoughts would be, I think a lot of us were worried about Chris Paul and Kevin Durant and their recent history in terms of being injured, and if one of them were to sustain an injury, what that would mean for Phoenix having to give up as much depth as they did on the perimeter to acquire Kevin Durant. Now. The crazy part about this is this isn't one of a rolled ankle like that is a freak accident. That is not something that someone could say because of his age and his current, I mean, his, his, his recent injury history, um, his body is breaking down and you can forecast. No one can forecast that. That was as fluky as it comes. Terrible timing. And, and, and ultimately, you know, you hit me with the four to six when I saw the, the roll of the ankle. You know, I'm not used to rolls of ankles being four to six, but it was a really good roll of the ankle. So as far as Phoenix and where they go from here, big picture, um, in terms of their chemistry and stuff, it's not the end of the world because I do think Kevin Durant, I've said this before, is the type of player that fits in pretty well, relatively quickly. Um, perfect world. You have him running down the stretch and you guys get everything ironed out and all the kinks are worked out. And and this is a, a, a well-oiled machine going into playoffs, but... I do think you could reintegrate him into some sort of lineup around playoff time and still be good. I don't think you're going to be at your best and you would need to be at your best to win a championship. So if he's out until the playoffs, I don't have them as a championship uh, contender anymore, personally. The problem the problem uh, in the immediate like, is, you know, you're sitting there in fourth right now, but you're only three wins clear, two wins clear of a play-in situation because of the Western conference and how compact it is, you know, in the middle of that. And so without, you know, your Cam Johnson's and your Mikhail Bridges and, and those pieces that were vital to the team prior to getting Kevin Durant, like it's, you're in a absolute dogfight now. And, you know, Devin Booker's been playing great. He was unguardable last night. Like, that guy had 44 in like 30 some minutes, bro. He was, I was watching it trying to figure out how I would guard him and I did not have an answer. He, he was ridiculously in a bag, but like, what is that? Like if he's got to do that to carry you guys home through the stretch and then Kevin Durant comes back. Now you've set him up for a potential blowout. Like there are only so many miles on a car, dude. There are only so many mm-hmm. miles on a body. Yeah. You know, and that big, that, that, I'm, I know we weren't here for load management, but like, that that that's the conversation. The injury is what derails most, you know, a lot of teams trying to trying to win a championship when they think they're in that that conversation, like an injury or whether you navigate it cleanly or whether it jumps up and it bites you in the butt. And that's what I worry about with the Suns fighting to avoid playing, having to ride Devin Booker in a way that subjects him to overuse. So then when he when when you get your your whole roster back, like what does Devin Booker look like now? Is he maybe he's not even injured, but is he just out of gas? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so so that's what worries me about this situation. And it's unfortunate. It sucks for the Suns. Sucks for KD. Um, I, I feel bad, but that's a freak accident. You couldn't predict that. You, you talked about chemistry a little bit uh, during that. When I when I the, my first thought of when I thought about it was, damn, this team is not gonna be able to go through adversity until they go through adversity together, right? Like they they played a couple of games and you know down the stretch, especially when there's a big trade or there is a big move down the stretch when you integrate a piece, it is it's it's tough to um you know, it's tough to find a groove mid-season whether you're a coach or anything like that. So they one thing that I really was looking forward to with the Suns during the stretch was playing these tough teams, playing like the Sacramento Kings on the road. and Well, they're playing them at home, but like playing them on the road down the stretch, playing the Warriors down the stretch, building that camaraderie, uh, like both as people, but also on the floor, you get to figure out certain things about a team. Um, It's really hard to do that in this like six-week stretch that we have uh, post-All-Star. It's really going to be tough from that standpoint in my mind. How, if, if you can... How do you even ever overcome that, Ra, where you're like, 
okay, Kevin comes in, say they do, you know, make the play in or they 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 make the play in and they win and they get into the postseason. They integrate this guy, KD, back in the middle of the postseason where we know the game is totally different. How do you make how do you even build trust on the fly during that time? Uh, I, I don't have an answer for that. I, I don't recall playing on a team that that had a situation like this. Um, and so, you know, I guess you have to trust that Kevin Durant is just such a high level talent, both in skill and, you know, basketball IQ and, and understanding of what's going on that you really can just drop him in and, and, uh, and, and figure it out on the fly because that's what they're going to have to do. You can't, you know, there are certain things you can't simulate. I mean, you know what I mean? Like you just, you can practice, you can prep, you can go over it on a board, you can walk through, you know, and you can try to simulate, you can do everything you want, but you can't, you can't prep for that, for that real moment. And so, you know, that for all of those reasons, it's just a difficult pill to swallow if you're the Suns. I do think they will still be okay. But for the, for the very reason you just stated, I can't now, while I had them like as a sneaky, like, chance to win it like I don't know that you do that in the playoffs now if this winds up being a two to four week injury and you get him back for a stretch of games going into the playoffs you know what I mean like yeah and I got I would have to see what it looks like at that point but you were already behind the eight ball in terms of the amount of time someone would think you'd need to get in full form to be able to make a run at a championship in a league that is super highly competitive, right? Like, but you had pieces, but you're like on the very fringe of the amount of time that people would think necessary for you to be able to get that done. Now, you know, I don't know. Yeah. No, I'm looking at the standings right now. And it's, first of all, the Sacramento Kings are number two in the Western Conference. Shout out to SAC. Um, But I'm looking down the line. You have all these teams in the Western Conference, other than the Nuggets, have significant questions, right? Kings with when it comes to the youth, right? They just don't. They've never been there before. Grizzlies, yeah. Um, <laughs> the Suns, <laughs> the Suns. Yeah. What we we're just talking about. Then you have the Warriors. Who, honestly, man, I saw them play Oklahoma City. They are. It's very dysfunctional in Golden State right now, as you can imagine. Then you have the Clippers, who I also saw in the last week. They don't look great. They don't look like a championship contender down the line. You don't you don't see a team that is really coming out of the West other than the Nuggets. Does this is this injury to Kevin just kind of we're just talking very, you know, we're talking we're predicting right at this point. If yep. I'm asking you today and on March 9th, 2023, do the Nuggets just have the path to the Western Conference uh championship right now? Is that is it theirs to lose at this point? Yeah. I, I think I think it is. And now everything you just mentioned again is what I mean, Phoenix has all of that going for them, right? Like I've said they wouldn't be my my sneaky favorite now because because of this injury and what it does to the timeline. But the reality is when you look across the landscape of the West, I mean, for all the reasons you just talked about, it's pretty wide open. So that would be the silver lining for the Suns, right? Like um there are a lot of teams that have their own flaws and have things that 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 you could point to as reasons why they couldn't get it done. So Denver has done it from start to finish, basically. Um, Nikola Jokic has continued to take steps even after an MVP and after a second MVP, he's continued to get better. Um, they're playing really, really good basketball and they have kind of separated themselves. So I do believe them to be the clear favorite in the Western Conference, despite teams that might have names you know, that in the past have, have produced in a bigger, more significant way than Nicola and, 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 and Murray and company have, if that makes sense, I'm still taking them because they've, they've done that over the course of time. And a lot of these teams have flaws, but, but um, yeah. Yeah. So I take, I take Denver. It's, it's so interesting. I'm, I, I was talking to somebody uh, last week and I was just, I was talking about a team in the Western conference and I was just saying, man, I don't think this team has a shot until I look at the standings, you know? And I feel like that you can go that down the line with yeah. with this Western Conference where you you see the eye test. I've seen some bad basketball out of the Western Conference this season. You know, there's just been some just like some weird type games. 
But then I look at the standings for one of these teams and I'm like, oh, they're 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 how many games out of first place? Oh, I think they could beat this team in a playoff series when fully healthy. What does that do for that confidence do for a Clippers or a, you know, the Mavericks at eight who have been there before or, you know, the Warriors who are, like I said, dysfunctional, but have been there before. What does that do for a team like those teams going into a Western Conference playoff where everything is on the table? You know, because I feel like there's another thing. I know the Kings are like the darlings of the league at this point, but like I don't. If you catch them in a playoff series, you're looking at them as food. Like, oh, okay, they've never been here before. We're going to try to go get them. We're going to try to go get this get this win real quick if you're the right team. Yeah, well, I think what it does for for everybody in the in the playoff race in that Western Conference um, is, is it gives you a level of, of confidence and belief that sometimes doesn't exist, right? And I think that's going to that's gonna sound pretty crazy, right? But there are times when you get in as an AC. Right, you get in as an eight, and you're playing a one. Um, uh, let's use the last year I was in 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 Utah when I were I'm sitting there begging to go in games because we can't make a three point shot, and they won't put me in the game out of spite. But let's let's just use that Talk for example. Shit, right, just fucking spiteful. All right, here we go. So I'm sitting there. We know we barely got in. You ain't beating the Spurs. Like we're trying to make it competitive. We can say outwardly to the media, yeah, 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 yeah. We be- ain't nobody. You ain't beating them. Like, hey, bro, and- real quick, what's it like when you go on an AC and you know you don't have a shot? Like, what is that like? <laughs> it is a, it is a weird, it is a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling. I didn't play on many teams like that. You know, I was usually on a team that felt like we were firmly in the hunt when we made the playoffs. So that was really strange for me. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was almost like forecasting. You were trying to forecast, like, is it, is it going to be a sweep or is it going to be five? Because we might win one. We ain't pushing them to six. So when can I get these tickets? <laughs> <laughs> like, what day can I safely book passage back to the East Coast? Because we are not going past this date. You know what I mean? And, but I could leave two days earlier if I left this date. So you start to get greedy you're about your here, vacation. You're over here like, yo, should I, like, we we might get swept, but I don't want to actively say that we're going to get swept. So I'm going to go into, like, game six and be like, yo, I'm going to just book these tickets for when game six is. Is that is that what it is? Yeah, a lot of stuff's got to line up, man. I got to get the car movers to show up before I get on a plane to leave. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's got to be you know, put into place before I could get home. So no situations like that exist in the Western conference to answer your question. So everyone there has a level of confidence that, Hey man, we could beat them. I mean, if I'm sitting there at eight, I could, I think I could beat Denver. I just told you Denver's my favorite, but if I was looking at them, I'd be like, yeah, shit. Yeah. We could beat Denver. And, and if I didn't feel like that about Denver, I definitely feel like that from Sacramento down. 1000%. you, You understand what I mean? So, so from seven, from seven to uh, like playing, let's say whoever seven, you know, like everyone feels like they have a shot. So, and I mean a legitimate shot, not the one that you go out and tell the reporters because you don't want to be like seen as as not being confident. But sometimes you know, bro. And in this Western Conference right now, I don't think anybody has any fear. Like everyone thinks they have an equal opportunity to come out of that bad boy, which should, at least in theory, um, produce some really good playoff games this is a nasty this is a nasty <laughs> western conference <laughs> like schedule like that schedule wise record wise for each team i'm looking at a lot of 34 and 32s oh. a lot of 33 and th- 35s that are in here so with that being said i want to play a nice little game that i just made up in my mind called flights booked presented by presented by <laughs> real ones um <laughs> <laughs> somehow presented by FanDuel. Oh, let's, let's do it go. all right so i'm gonna ask you these are the, the the playoff matchups as we see them right now i'm not talking about playing i'm not talking about how it shakes out right now and roger you're gonna tell me if the team is going to have their flight booked early yeah by the by there by which game and that's how you're gonna do it i'm gonna give you the they're gonna go to the bottom seeds and we're gonna go we're gonna work our way up okay First round matchup right now, Nuggets Mavericks. Wh- who <laughs> who's packing their bags? When are they flying? When are they getting the ticket to Cabo? Nobody can pack a bag in that one. That 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 could be seven. Okay, 
No, okay. that's not that's not a pack your bag series there. That's a hold on tight. Okay. All right. So we're gonna go right now. So they're this all, is a two seven. They are all like, like a lot they're of they're all like that. Because King's Timberwolves is gonna be fire. <laughs> King's yeah, Timberwolves like gonna be fire. <laughs> Damn, dog. All, listen, okay, so let, let's shorten your game. We can't I, play I liked, the game. We can't can we play the game? I like the idea. I think the Eastern Conference is probably better Eastern to play Conference. the game, right? So let's you're do the Eastern at, Conference. Yeah. Milwaukee, right, Atlanta. I got you. Let's do it. Go. Milwaukee. Okay. Milwaukee, Atlanta, for sure. <laughs> when are, what are the, when are they packing their bags? When are you booking? You're on Atlanta Hawks right now. When are you packing your bags to fly out? I, I put us in for five games. So I would pack, I would, I would, I would forecast five games. What's the last possible date for the fifth game? And I'm packed and I'm leaving the day after. Nope. Sorry. You're, oh yeah. Two days after. Cause I got to have my exit interview. Two days after. Okay, cool. So, like, around when Game 7 is supposed to be, that's when you're packing out. Also, which is great, because you're in Atlanta, which has a lot of direct flights to a lot of different places. Like, if you would have gotten, if, if you would have, like, got eliminated in Milwaukee, that would suck, right? Like, yep. there's no, there's not direct classes. Okay, yep. so, boom. All right. Let's go Celtics Heat. When are, when are, when are the Heat, are the Heat packing their bags? Like, no. they're not packing their bags off GP. Heat don't pack bags. Pat, hey, hey, Pat Riley is not right. having no pack, no pack bags. I don't care if we get swept. We ain't packing no bags. While you're bullshitting, they were a Jimmy, a Jimmy Butler three away last year from, 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 from beating them. Yep. So, so yep. like, That's you're true. not, you're not packing your, I know it's a different team this year. Miami's not nearly shooting the ball as well as they did. And like, and, and Boston has taken a, continue to take another step. So, but I couldn't, because of the Heat's DNA, pack a bag there. I, and because Celtics of the Celtics are the big year. homies on the block in this series. They the big homies yeah. now. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> this is, okay. So this one is hilarious because, there are definitely bag packers on both teams in this in this series. Yeah. Talking Sixers Nets, right? Brooklyn James pack Harden. Up. Brooklyn pack James up. Harden is not packing bags in this round. But not he in is this a round. notorious he is a notorious <laughs> bag packer. He's not. He's not. <laughs> but he okay. waits till the second, third round to do that. Yeah, so, he's not he's all not right, gonna pack. All right. So are you all right, let's let's all right, you're we're the Brooklyn Nets right now. Where are you where which air, airport are you flying out of? Where are you where how many bags are you doing? Are you get are you got pre-check popping? Where are you at? Are you at a LaGuardia, JFK, or Newark? Where are you going? Where where are we mm. at? What's going on? It's a good question. A lot of flights going out at a lot of New York airports, buddy. I, I don't yeah, I don't know the whole I don't know the whole like uh geographic region. I think LaGuardia is over there by flushing. So I probably say we're leaving out of JFK. We're going or Newark, depending on 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 You know LaGuardia is popping now. LaGuardia got a big ass renovation. Like it's Do the I? it's the it's the beautiful. Oh, you've been there. Okay. All yeah, right, bro. Right, cool. I yeah, I like the New York area airports. Um, but I would say now, yeah, I, I would say safely game five. Game five. Let's okay. be safe. I, I I think it's a sweet, but we'll say game five. Hey, hey, hey! Cam Thomas said, "Hey, you better relax. I'm getting the game by myself. I'm, I'm I, getting forty six. I am not mad at you, Cam Thomas. You ain't gonna get another one. You flying? Where are you flying to? You flying? Because you know you can get a lot of places out of New York. Where are you going? Ah, you know I like you can get I always listen, bro. I was a big believer in starting my vacations off in a sandy place with clear blue water." For just a nice a week, a week, you know, when I had kids, you had to be a little but 10 days to a week. Get like, let's get this thing back to neutral. Let's let's just let the spirit rejuvenate. Let's get our chakras aligned. Yeah, you know, dog. let's get our yeah. chi in place. You know what I'm That's saying? Right. Yeah. That's right. All right. All right. Last one. I'm glad you you pivoted to the Eastern Conference. This is a fun, this is a fun exercise. A lot of great airports out here. Um <laughs> Cavs Knicks. Tom Thibodeau's not letting you pack your bags, bro. No, Tom Tip. No, this is this is a knockdown, drag out uh, series. At least I think it should be. Um, yeah, I told you I take Cleveland the other day. I'm going to stay consistent, but I do think it's a six or seven. And when you're talking about being in a six, when you believe you can be in six, you believe you can win it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're you're so you're. I think this one whoever is going loses this series is going to need a vacation. Though they're going to need sandy beaches, they're going to need the the, the extra massage package um, at yeah. the hotel. They're going to need the spa treatment. They're going to just they're going to need to. It's going to whoever loses is going to get their ass kicked in they seven might, games, and they're going to be they're going to be done. 
they might need two days of cryo chamber work prior to the vacation just to get off rip. It's, yes. it's going to be a, it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be right. great. Um, let's take a quick break and I'm going to, we're going to talk about Raj's favorite subject officiating. This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Get off the bench and bet the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers 10 times your first bet in bonus bets. It doesn't matter if your first bet is an air ball. You'll still get up to $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. Tonight, I'm going to go with the Memphis-Golden State game in Memphis. I'm going to take the under. I think it's going to be a physical, grimy game. But I'm going to take Dylan Brooks over on the points. With FanDuel, you can bet on everything from money line to point spreads to which player will score first, all on a top-rated sportsbook app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RingerMBA to get in on the action. That's FanDuel.com slash RingerMBA. Then place your first bet to score up to $200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 21 plus in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. That's in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. That's in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. That's in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. And we are back, Raja. We are here to take a trip down to up to the six, get some snow. You know, one of my favorite city in the NBA. We're going to go kick it over there in Toronto, where Fred Van Vliet is, is Fred Van Pissed because of the officiating. Last night, he lashed out on official Ben Taylor by name. He goes, This is after um, Van Vliet, who has been called. Um, for a team high, eight texts this season, five of which have come um, with uh, Ben Taylor officiating, including an ejection in a uh, November 30th matchup against the Pelicans. This is a quote, Raja, and I feel like you're going to feel this. He says, you can look it up. Most of my texts this year have been with Ben Taylor officiating. At a certain point, you got to feel it's personal. And then he goes on. He says, I'll take a fine. I really don't care. I thought Ben Taylor was fucking terrible tonight. On most nights, out of the three, there's one or two that fuck the game up. Most of the refs are trying hard. 
This is, is this a Roger Bell quote? <laughs> I like a lot of the refs. They're pretty fair. They communicate well. And then you got a, <laughs> and then you got other ones that just want to be whatever they want to be, and they just fucks the game up. Nobody is coming to see that shit. They come to see the players. Raja, the floor is yours. What is your response to what is going on right now? Are you on Fred Van Bleet's side? Are you on Ben Taylor's side? I don't know if you would be, but how do you feel about just calling out a ref and the frustrations that a player feels when things like this occur? I mean, I would leave it up to the people to guess as to where I stand on this one. This one's pretty easy for me. Now, I will say, after having after saying that, yes, I'm clearly on Fred Van Bleet's side, I will say I've never seen anyone get up to the mic and eviscerate a ref personally like that. Are you jealous? Now, Are you jealous? Because you light, kind of like... <laughs> lightweight. But Fred Van Bleet makes exponentially more money than I did, so I would not have been jealous and will not be jealous when that fine comes down. Because <laughs> I don't think they can hit him with the standard... Um, uh, fine that they give to people when they say the ref suck tonight. That's going to be really interesting to me to see what they do with that. Whether they levy some sort of unprecedented fine for the unprecedented attack, or if it's just the standard boilerplate, hey, you say something stupid about refs and 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 the integrity of the game, and we got to pop you with a fine. That's going to be fascinating to me. Um, having said all of that, refs are human. NBA players are human. You know, Fred VanVleet spoke about his eight texts this year and how the disproportionate amount of them were handed out by, by what's his name? Ben Taylor. Dang, you have, you've been out the league a while. You, you forgot all the names and stuff. Dang, you only know the OGs. I ain't worried about no Ben Taylor. But point being, um, he, he, he's given him three of his eight and the crews that Ben Taylor have been on are responsible for four of the eight. So half of the texts. Fred VanVleet feels like this is personal. What we don't get and what we're not privy to is the conversations that Fred Van Vliet and Ben Taylor are having, right? So like, I don't know what has been said by one party or the other. You don't know. I've seen some of the interaction with Fred Van Vliet and Fred Van Vliet in at least some of the clips looks like, and last night it didn't look like he said anything like egregious or wasn't super demonstrative and didn't look like he was trying to show anyone up. Um, but you really don't know what transpired between the two of them unless you just watch every interaction between them. There seems to me, from the outside looking in with the evidence at hand, that Ben Taylor is quick to give Fred Van Vliet text, or at least quicker to give Fred Van Vliet text than any other ref in the game. Whether that's because Fred Van Vliet you know, feels some sort of way and is a little bit more aggressive and demonstrative towards him or not, I don't know. I haven't seen all their interactions. But clearly, he feels like it's his responsibility to text Fred Van Vliet. Here's my thing with officials all the time. My livelihood, to some degree, is in your hands. It, it is. And I know people are going to be like, oh, that's bullshit, like whatever. No, but it is. Like, if I make my living on offense and you refuse to give me any kind of calls when I'm going to the basket or anything like that, I can't produce to the degree that I should offensively. That is jeopardizing my career. If I'm a defender, high level, first team type of defender and you will not let me go out there and really play defense because you're going to give me phantom calls and I'm not allowed to have any physicality and therefore I'm sitting on the bench picking up three fouls in the first quarter every time you ref a fucking game you are playing with my livelihood the same can't be said about players to refs we 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 don't have that type of power we, we just go out and we play the game like there's nothing that I do that's going to really affect your livelihood in any way shape or form do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I have no jurisdiction over you. I can't, like, call, uh, no, reverse that. You, there were texts on you. Like, now you got two texts. Like, we can't do that. So, like, I always am going to lean towards player and think that the responsibility in some of those situations is on the ref to, to not be quick with that. Like, let it marinate. I always felt like if my sister was a high-level ref, um, you know, and, and she would always tell me, if you can walk away, you should walk away. Like if it is something that, that you can avoid by just moving or walking in the other direction, do that. And I feel like that's sage advice. Like if he's running up in your face and you can't avoid it, don't avoid it. Bang, tech, get that, get out of here. 
But if that man is saying something walking through the middle of the lane while you are walking away to the scorer's table and he's not screaming it and shouting it and throwing his fingers at you or something like that, like what, what are we doing? Like, I'm not even talking about the financial ramifications because I find them like in terms of, you know, what you pay for a tech and, and the fines and stuff like that. Like, you know, those dudes make a lot of money. I don't think they're tripping over a thousand dollars here or there. Like when you start taking game checks because of it, though, that's a real thing. But I'm, you know, I'm talking about purely ability to do job in a way that gets me paid. And it is, it, it, I, I'm real talk. If I can't do my job because the refs have this narrative about me and I'm not able to do my job, it affects my ability in the open marketplace um, to, to sign with, for what like my talents might be worth because, you know, I pick up too many fouls early because refs have a problem. Now, some, some of these things, you know, are earned, but sometimes it can be really, really personal in a way that, that isn't even because you affect my livelihood and I can't affect yours. And I'm sorry that was a long winded rant, but that's what it boils down to. Like, it's not an even playing field. How, how in the F, all right, how in the F can I be the one with all the talent doing all the scoring putting on the show, right? And you be the one, right? That is over there dictating whether or not, like that's ridiculous. It's fucking absurd. And I always had a problem with this shit. I'm gonna keep it a buck. I know a lot of these refs. I'm a, straight up. My sister was a ref. My sister w- was drafted into the WNBA. She was a hell of a, 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 a women's college player. You know, she had circumstances. Super co-sign earlier this earlier this uh, this year. Word, she had personal circumstances that didn't allow her to continue her WNBA journey. But because of that, she was no longer playing basketball. So, what was the next best thing for my sister to either coach it or ref it? So, in a lot of instances, you got a dude that, to some degree, couldn't play it, or for whatever reason, didn't matriculate to the level where he could continue to play it. So you find another way to stay in it. I don't begrudge anybody that. I don't judge it. None of that. Hey, fuck that. Do it. But when you come out here and you got this chip on your shoulder that's obvious from the rip, everybody knows, Logan. This ain't no coded language. Everybody in the NBA knows the little motherfuckers that like, as soon as you say something to them, big chest comes out and they're ready to like, you're like, whoa, 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 slow me down, bro. Like this is, it don't got to be like that, but they're already on that shit. Those are what I got a problem with them. Sorry. I do. I think this is years in the making, honestly. This is I think this has been years in the making because I just want to say guys just as a as a just peel behind the curtain a little bit on the podcast journey that me and Ra have had. That was a little preview, ladies and gentlemen, of the pre-pod meetings. We tame it down for the officials on normal occasions and Raja just brought that out. I am thinking right now and I am just I guess the question that I have in this instance, and you brought up a great point, which is basically, yo, man, don't fuck up my livelihood if you don't have to. Now, if if I go at you and I'm all in your face, you deserve a ticket and ejection. Like that's Absolutely. that's a that's a fact. If you Absolutely. come at me and you and you and, and you out of pocket and disrespectful, you deserve a tech. How measured do in a perfect world should refs be in these instances, right? Like where because there's a lot of ones, you know, and, you know, there's been Fred Van, there's been a lot of in the past couple of years, just, I don't, I don't, I don't really, ha- I just have a lot of anecdotal evidence. There, it seems that there have been a lot more complaints about the refs th- in the last few seasons than I've ever seen, right? Just yep. in general. And I, I don't know if it's the changing the guard, new refs coming in and just having to figure their way through this league and stuff like that. But there have been a lot of just, there's been a lot of quick texts. There have been a lot of those things. But how do you, because at the end of the day, refs have to control the game because we've also sure. seen the other side of it when refs don't control the game and it gets all out of pocket. Yeah. What is, the, how measured do they have to be to not always go to texts to control a game? I guess is my question. How do they, how do they find that balance and what is the perfect balance in a perfect world? Well, first, let me start by saying this was a little, this was a little buildup and it was kind of, it all came to a head with the Fred Van Vliet. Cause I was watching the other night and someone else got ejected for, for, was it Scotty Barnes? Maybe I think that's what comes to mind. It was Scotty Barnes. He got ejected for like 
he was probably, I don't know, 15 feet away from a referee. And he was talking in a fashion that at least on TV did not look like he was screaming or yelling at anybody. And that ref came in and, and threw him out of the game. And you could see he was like, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? So I, I apologize, you know, about the buildup today. But on the heels of that, because I, it, it spoke to me when I saw that a couple nights ago. I was like, wait a minute, what? That's, that's not appropriate. And then this happened, so it, I just blew my top. Here's, here's what I would say about controlling a game. Yes, while it is your job to control a game. And I've always said this. I'm not saying don't give anybody a tech to the point you just made. You know, if I'm MFing you and, and I'm demonstrative and I'm trying to show you up, give me the tech. That's, I'm not, I do that. Not a problem. It's okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't give techs. Um, and clearly you have to control the game, right? You can control the game with your whistle and the way you ref the game and avoid most fights. Can you dig what I'm saying? Like you, you can do that. I do want to shout out a, a a good ref thing that I saw, and that I think would be the like what I would like to see out of refs as just a casual observer. I'm not a former player, but like there was a you saw the Mavs Suns game over the over over the weekend where um, you see uh, Devin Booker and and um, and Dodgers get into it right. Yeah. Now there's a world where a ref can go in and be like, no, y'all ejected or you guys are, it, and it affects the game. Gave him a double tech. It didn't really, it didn't affect the game because there was no, there was no free throws being had or anything like that. That's what more of what I would like to see. Like, like, yo, y'all messed up, but it doesn't affect the game. There are plenty of great refs. I don't mean to make it sound like this is all refs. That's not what I mean. There are plenty of really good refs. And most of them, I thought, shared this particular, like, willingness and it's the willingness to communicate, right? It's approachability. Who are refs that come to it's mind? It's being able that. to, I don't, I don't know, Logan. I, they were, they're fucking, I don't remember all of those fools, man. But the reality is there were a handful of them, more, more than a handful, that would have a conversation with you. Like in a situation like that, I would like to think that I could say to someone, listen, Fred, if you keep that shit up, bro, I'm going to get you a fucking tech. I'm letting you know right now. So you can either walk away, I'm going to walk away, but if you come back over here with that shit, I'm going to tech you up. Fred Van Vliet now knows I am not having any more of that. And that's prior to giving him the tech. I don't know that that did not transpire. Right? But probably didn't. So I always found that, like, again, the ones that would talk to you, the ones that, that would... I said this to a young ref the other day. We're in a gym, right? Ref was refing a game. We were beating the team really bad. Um, something happened right in front of our bench. So like it literally happened four feet away from me, right? He was at a position. There was a two-man crew and he was trailing the play. He was on the baseline opposite, opposite end of the court. The, the ball comes up the court relatively quickly. He's way behind the play. Can't really see what's happening. I'm sitting four feet from it. So he calls whatever the call was, right? And I was like, that, that's, that's not what happened. Like he was like, yes, it is. And I was like, all right, it, it didn't really matter, right? Because they were going to shoot their free throws. It was a foul on us. Like, we're up 30. But he was standing next to my bench as they shot the free throws. And I said, you know what, man? I was like, you probably want to be a ref at a higher level, right? You're in here refing like an AAU tournament right now. Like, you probably want to be at a higher level. He was like, yeah. I said, well, let me give you a little advice. He was like, okay, what? And Like, really salty. And I was like, nah, man, I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, I'm just, I say this to a lot of refs. I was like, if you, as a ref, would have the capacity to, to, to understand that you might not have got something right. And then the ability to say to someone just that, like, yo, I might not have got that right, but it's, it's what I called. That would go so far with someone that they would get off of you in a way that you wouldn't probably have to ever give them a tech. I know you wouldn't have to give me one, just that. The problem with most dudes is refs that always think, how the fuck are you always right? It's impossible. So you can never in all of our dealings over the course of 13 seasons and however many games you ref to mind in those 13 seasons, not one time have you ever been, hey, Raj, I might have blown that. And, and typically I can't, I didn't write it down and I'm just going off of memory, but I would say that 97.9% .9 of the ones that told me at one point or another, I might've missed that, or I didn't really see it, or, hey man, I'll take a look at that at halftime, not sure. Those were ones that I never had a problem with. And the ones that I did have a problem with were the ones that put the hand up real quick, 
or turn their back and walk away from you or let you, hey, you're not on my level, dog. You can't talk to me. You want to get somebody heated who's already like got his venom up and got adrenaline flowing and is competing for his livelihood. Don't have a conversation with him on some shit that affects his livelihood and see how that goes. Whew. Whew. Any final words on uh, on just how you feel about refing in, in the modern game? Because we're not going to have any more opportunities on this one, bud. It's a very hard job. And I'm not judging overall like the quality of refs and stuff like that. But I think it's important for them to understand that they are not the show. The players are the show. And given the opportunity to avoid inserting yourself into the game, given the opportunity to avoid that, avoid it. Whew. How you feel, buddy? I feel good. I feel I feel good. It's like a weight <laughs> lifted off my chest. But I'm good. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of getting some shit off people's chest, Dylan Brooks and Draymond Green. Mm. I told you about this. I don't even know if you, I don't know if you, if you knew, had any idea this was happening at the pre-pod meeting. But then in the pre-pod meeting, I get me, me and Third Eye Kai gave you like the rundown of it. And I just saw your face. You just had the biggest smile starting to form on your face. This is your, this episode is all of Raj's bags in one. This is just, it's <laughs> it. we're here. We're talking about Phoenix Suns. We're talking about refing. And we talk about beef between two players. Hey, you're not far off. It's a lot of my bags there. It's a lot of your bags. So Draymond Green and Dylan Brooks are, <laughs> mind you, the Grizzlies and the Warriors play tonight. I can't wait to watch this. It's in Memphis. Um, so Dylan Brooks, I think a few days ago said, I don't like Draymond Green at all. If you put him anywhere else, you're not going to know who Draymond is. Right? Yep. And so Draymond Green, who, you know, after a brief, a more than brief hiatus from his podcast, is back. And I'm just going to read you a couple quotes of his response to that. This is, I'm going to start with Brooks's full comments and I'm just going to go down the line. This is what Brooks said I don't like Draymond at all. I just don't like Golden State. I don't like anything to do with them. Draymond talks a lot. Gets away with a lot, too. Seems like a little dry snitching. His game is cool with Golden State. But if you put him anywhere else, you're not going to know who Draymond Green is. He plays with heart, plays hard, knows the ins and outs of their defense. I guess that's why they like him over there. This was, um, this was Draymond's response on the Draymond Green show. He said, this is Draymond referring to Dylan Brooks. He said... I just don't like Golden State. I quite frankly wouldn't like a team that beats me all the time either. <laughs> That's number two. I don't, I don't want anything to do with them. Quite frankly, you were a little kid in high school watching us win championships. You should be happy that you even witnessed that. You're a fan. That's crazy. Draymond Green goes on. <laughs> if you ever wondered why the Memphis Grizzlies are not ready to compete for a championship, Look no further than this idiot right here, Green said of Brooks. They actually are depending on this guy to help them win a championship. And he says his game is cool. Quite frankly, that just shows how little you know about basketball. There's more. There's more, Raja. Mm. Your level, this is Draymond Green talking about Dylan Brooks. Your level of understanding the game of basketball is at a fan level. And you're running around talking about a dynasty, the dynasty that starts after you, not with you. That's just a fact. I know dynasty like players. They aren't clowns. That doesn't work when building a dynasty. Take it from me. I actually know clowns don't work building a dynasty. There's more, wow. Raja. Wow. This is this is the this is the kicker. I'm trying to figure out why they like you in Memphis. Or do they like you in Memphis? That's a better question. I'm not even sure your teammates like you. But I can tell that tell you they like me over here in Golden State. When you contribute in the way that I have contributed to four championships, they tend to like you. Wow. Raja, I don't know about you, but I'm watching <laughs> Grizzlies Grizzlies Warriors tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be tapped into that. Um you barked up the wrong tree, Dylan Brooks. Apparently, um, where's where where do, where do you stand on this? Uh, Draymond made some great points <laughs> on this. And Dylan Brooks just isn't helping his case. He's not helping his case. He has in in a lot of ways. I've had my beef like publicly where I traded words with probably the biggest star in the game. So I'm not of the belief that just because someone's a better player than you or won more championships than you that you can't beef with them, like or speak your mind. You know. Uh, um, 
about them. Now, what I would never make my mouth up to do is like, let's use my beef publicly with Kobe. Like I would never make my mouth up to question his ability to play basketball or what he meant to the Lakers or, you know, his ability to win games or anything like that. Like I ain't get into that. Like if it's a personal thing, like you got some personal beef, I'm here to tell you, like, I don't, I don't see why one man is Draymond in this case scenario because of his accomplishments allows him to never be spoken to by another man, Dylan Brooks, who ain't accomplished as much. I don't believe in that, but you questioning his ability when he got way more like resume than you is a silly thing to do. And it got your ass in trouble. So like on Draymond's side, um, I don't know that I would say that that boy's knowledge and basketball IQ is that of a fan. I don't think I'd go that far. I think that was a little hyperbolic, but, but I will say this, some of what he said is in lockstep with what we've said. And I've said before about Memphis with all of them antics and all the shit they got going on all the time. And I think that's fair. Um, And I think, you know, that if anyone were to know what pieces go into creating a dynasty in today's NBA currently right now, it would be someone from the golden state warriors. That's been a part of the whole thing and has been an integral part in, in its success. So I will defer to dream on as it relates to that <laughs> because I, I, you know what I'm saying? Like that would just be a prudent thing to do. That mofo has won a bunch of championships in golden state. And so I'm here for, I'm, I'm here for the entertainment value um, I think that Memphis has way too much of that shit going on, like way too much. They, they, it's just, you know, good teams are usually relatively quiet and boring, except yeah. for the product that they're putting out. Do you know what I mean? And like, they, they're just the antithesis of that. Um, and then Draymond, like how, again, I always felt like, you know, I, I always had a great relationship with the media for the most part. I made it my business to have, I liked all the people like, I thought it was two hands like washing each other type of relationship. We've talked about this, but if there was ever a dude that I didn't really like or, 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 or a lady that I didn't really like or didn't appreciate it, I certainly wasn't getting into a real beef with them. Do you know why Logan? Why is that? Cause they had the fucking pen and the keyboard and I didn't, and I was never going to win that. So in this scenario, bro, you're not beating Draymond. He's got his own podcast, my boy. Like this man can sit up there and punt him. Like he could go off for hours on Dylan Brooks if he wanted to. Clearly, it sounds like he did. Here's the thing, bro. And I've been around Draymond a long time. I've I've I've, I've been I've I've been him. I've covered him. I've 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 you know just being around the bay, just seeing him. Here's the thing about Draymond, dog. <laughs> You're not going to go lower than Draymond, bro. You're not going to do it. Draymond Green did, after he punched his teammate in the face, did a whole reality show right after that, right? Yep. And that's with his teammate. That's with his, that's what, that's what his teammate who called him a brother at a point in time. If he right. did that with him and he has his own podcast and you are, the, and mind you, he cares about that teammate. He cares about those guys right there. You, He's not going to go light on someone that is a rival and that has been a, a guy that has been on a team that has been saying a lot of stuff for a team that hasn't beaten him, right? They got a lot of, a lot of loose rap. That's number one. Number two, Dylan Brooks has not been in a great bag over the last year and a half, okay? When you talk about what he has done in terms of in the playoffs last year, what happened? He he dislocates another player's elbow, right? Like just playing just not playing clean, right? Just not at all, right? Has consistently got into it with other players and and just Things that have been a detriment to his basketball team. That is mm-hmm. a fact. Mm-hmm. This season that has continued. When you talk about the big brouhaha at Staples, I'm not calling it the other name. With the thing that happened against the Lakers, 
with everything that happened, that was a direct result of of him, right? We could talk about what happened with Shannon Sharp, and he apologized for that. But if Dylan Brooks just doesn't even say anything and just continues to play basketball, that doesn't happen, right? And then this, you're after when when you when your team is in the middle of a playoff race where they don't where you don't have your top guy and you guys need to win every game down the stretch. Don't really need distractions in a season that has given you so many distractions. You go and say a quote like this against a guy that, again, you're not going to go lower than. And you make this a distraction. And honestly, if you're the Warriors right now, if you're Draymond, you're trying to beat the hell out of Memphis tonight. And that could change the course of their season, considering what we just talked about in the beginning of our program. Right, a win in Memphis for the Warriors at this point in the season can change the trajectory of where they're going to go, and you might see them down the line because this regular season Warriors team is going to be way different than the team you see in the postseason, especially if it's the Grizzlies versus the Warriors. You don't want it. This is the this is just a symptom of what we've been talking about with the Grizzlies all season long, where a lot of dip on their chip. You know how I feel about teams sticking their chest out before they haven't done anything. The Warriors can do that. They're, I think they're like two games over 500, but they could, they won four titles, bro. They can, they can talk that mess and still lose. It doesn't matter. Like it, they're, 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 everything is gravy on that side. You, on the other hand, cannot do that. And I think that that's just a symptom of what the Grizzlies have built. It's been great in spurts, but on the other hand, it's just been just a lot of just dip on their chip and we're seeing their downfall because of it, man. It's just honestly just disappointing. Like just what are we doing right now? There's so much talent on that team and they, they just, God, especially after the week they've had, it's just like just icing on the cake of just like, what the fuck, Raja? It's where a at. tough week. That's what I'll say to that. Cause I think you, you said a lot there. So I'll just say this. He better come out and play well tonight. I know that. Oh, he better because there's going to be a lot of people in Memphis. Like, like in Memphis, they're gonna be like, "Yo, why, Dylan?" Because there's like, here's another thing. I've you you hear of like just the eye rolls in Memphis of like, "Why you do this, bro? Like, why? What are yeah. we doing right here?" Specifically with Dylan Brooks, right? right. Like he's a, and also do not want to minimize this. Me and Kai were talking about this pre pod. Is a, without the antics, pretty good basketball player. Could make could make really big shots. Sure. Great three point shooter. I've seen him play like great defense against LeBron. Like is really like. He has he has something in him that that can be really valuable to a basketball team, but he undercuts that with shit like this for sure. And I I think they go hand in hand. I've often felt, and I've said it kind of in a roundabout way. I think he lacks a little bit of awareness, and I think it showed it showed in 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 this like exchange with Draymond and and kind of going at somebody who's way more accomplished. But I even think you see it, or or I used to see it at Memphis at times. Maybe not so much anymore. Of like while you do all of that great stuff, like, yo, down the stretch, like, get that man the ball, dog. Like, you know what I mean? Not him, but the other one, Ja, or someone else. And I, and sometimes yeah. he's, like, inserting himself into those moments in a way that you're like, what? Like, you shot you shot that? You know what I mean? Like, and so I, I think, you know, they, generally speaking, uh, some of them have a lack of awareness over there, a little growing up to do. But I just, listen, play well tonight. I'm going to be tapped in. Question for you. Yeah. All right. You're putting your you're putting your blue uh, Warriors jersey on that you that you uh, that you played one game in. All right, number eighteen, baby. What's good with it? Yep, yep. So you're a Warrior at this point. You're playing Memphis tonight. What are you thinking? Like, where 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 where's your head at? Where do you where 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 are the Warriors at right now? This is an opportunity for the Warriors. Make no mistake about it. What is your mindset going into this game after the, after what just happened? Well, it's a sta- it, it could it could be a statement game late in the season. I ain't worried about that. I'm not worried about him. You know what I mean? But we we got a chance, like as, as a, a competitor, someone who's been talking a lot, um, who who keeps our name in their mouth uh, consistently. We could go into their building, and we got a chance to 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 catch them. You know, without their star player, like we need to we need to hit them early and hit them often, man. We need to not take our foot off of, of their neck if we get a chance, and that's what we're going in there to do. All business. Now you're gonna take that 18 off. You're gonna put a. Uh, you're gonna put that uh, that Grizzlies number 19 jersey on. Right. What are you thinking at that point from from the Memphis standpoint after this happens? I mean, it would it would be just the opposite, man. Like, look, we're we're without we're without Jaw. Um, they're coming into this building. They ain't playing like they're two games above 
500. We feel like we were really close. We should have won that, you know, last year. Let's uh, let's go home. Let's go out. Let's go out tonight and show them that that like this is not going to be cake. And that even without job, we could get this done. And it, you know, it's got to be the same mentality that the Golden State had, just on the you know the reciprocal like and flip side of it. Like, yo, we're coming to hit you in the mouth. Don't come in here with that bullshit. Like, don't don't come in here thinking this cake. This is not cake. And we're going to be physical and it can get grimy and we're at home and we're going to put the onus on the refs to see how they act. But like we're, we're, we're coming to fight. Who wins tonight? Golden state. There we go. All right. I think I'm thinking Golden state. I think this is just one of those games where like, yeah, we got to make a statement. We're going to go kick their ass. I think that that's one of those games. I think, I think that's where the warriors are. Um, and just Draymond's just going to be flying all over the place. <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, man. It's Thursday. Y'all know what it is. It's time for real one of the week. Ra, who you got? This really hurts my heart to say this. It does. And it's not it's not my real one for like my affection for what they did or even thinking that it was necessarily the right thing to do. So I want to preface it with that. But the action itself, I have to respect and call real, real when I see it, right? Otherwise, I don't get to call myself a real one. It's the Baltimore Ravens, dog. Mm. They, I mean, again, I don't agree with it. I think they should have they locked them up, taken care of Lamar Jackson, made sure that you had... But what they've said is, we ain't doing a guaranteed contract. We're not continuing to set precedent with that. And effectively, we have you in a very unique situation for the NFL, which is, which is unrestricted free agency. And NFL teams have shown a real reluctance to go out there and negotiate and try to sign somebody away from another team. Like you don't see it like you see it in the NBA all the time. And they knew Lamar without an agent might not have had a complete wherewithal of what that picture looked like if he got out into a restricted market. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I would have paid him. I hope they do pay him. I want Lamar to get everything he should get. I am maybe his number one damn fan. But the exercise of taking that shit down to the wire and then throwing the non-exclusive tag at fucking Lamar Jackson, you a real one for that. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. Hey, Lamar. Lamar, I don't know if you listen to this. I only talk to you once in my life. Come to the Raiders, bro. Pull up. Yo. <laughs> pull up. Pull up. Pull up. Pull up. <laughs> we'll take you. You know what I mean? Word. We'll take you. Remember, I talked to him. I talked to him. Uh, I was doing a, I went to Baltimore in November to do a piece on Marcus Peters. And I went up to Lamar and I was like, yo, can I ask you some questions about uh, Marcus? And he was like, hell yeah, on mamas. And I'm like, yo. He said, on mamas. <laughs> yeah. He got some Oakland ties. I know it's the Oakland, Las Vegas, Los Angeles Raiders. But you know, come to the Silver and Black. That'd be hey. a fire jersey. That'd be great. You know? That would be a dope-ass eight jersey. Um, just, I want to clarify again, bro. Like, you got to understand what I'm saying. I hope real ones can sift through this. I don't think... I, I, I think it's a huge mistake and a complete insult to Lamar for a lot of reasons, bro. I'm not going to get into all of them right now. But the act... The audacity, the the fearlessness way in which they did it, like that is they was consistent the whole time. It was like dog, even with the accelerating like just salaries, bro. Like even just with each like when you think about the Derek Carr move, right? Your man um, Daniel Jones in, in New York, right? Who got that contract? I'm like what the hell is going on? Right. They, the Ravens stood firm, like nope, nope. Hey, listen, I don't again, don't support it, don't agree with it, but the act itself. Yeah. Also, real, I'm, I'm currently reading it. I'm currently reading it. I saw a piece in the Athletic that says why it won't work um, in Oakland or in, in in Las Vegas with the Raiders because owner Mark Davis isn't believed to have the cash flow to be able to pull off the type of contract that mm. Jackson is believed to be coveting. Mm. Uh, well, back in the you know that's, that's my whole life right there. Um, mm. Okay. Uh, speaking of uh, Oakland, I'm going to go to my ruin of the week. I have two co-ruin of the weeks. All right. Um, I'm going to go with Oakland, Oakland High School, for the boys' basketball team who is going to the state title game up in Sac. Okay. 
And I'm going to go with the Oakland Tech girls team who's joining them and also going to sack for the state title game. Get it. All right. Yo, man, they had to, uh, it was fun. It was crazy. I didn't make it out, but it was popping. They had uh, for the, um, so in Oakland, it's interesting. Um, they have a, we have sectional. I mean, I know you guys have that in Florida. We have like sections of like to get into the title game and to the title tournament. Right. But Oakland has its own section that just puts you into the, to the tournament, right? It's okay. the state tournament. So that means to get into the state tournament, you're basically playing an Oakland team to get there. So the other night, Oakland Tech was playing Oakland high for a chance to go to the state title game. Mm. So, and, and for the boys. And so, um, Oakland high won that, uh, if you, if you guys aren't familiar with Oakland high alumni base, um, Dame Lillard went there. Um, also shout out to my guy, uh, Jabari Brown, shout out to Mill. shout out to all, shout out to my dog, Kelly, all my Oakland high people. I, I still ain't forget the fact when we was my senior year of high school, we blew y'all out in football. We, we're not going to talk about that though, but shout out to all, all my partners at <laughs> Oakland high <laughs> and, uh, also shout out to the, to the, to the girls team at Oakland tech. Um, and also my, my homie Gus and all my homies out there. And also shout out to coach Leroy Hunt, who should be a coach at Berkeley high girls team, but I digress. Shout out to, uh, one of the best coaches in the Bay, Leroy Hunt, who brought them back to, um, to the state title game. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be fun. So shout out to Oakland tech and shout out to Oakland high school. Good luck, big dog. See y'all, man. See y'all. And, uh, that has been another edition of real ones. Our Thursday edition. Um, we will see you guys next week. Great pod by Ra. Phenomenal pod. One of his best. This was his by whole us. bag. By us, sir. Thank you. By, but us. by us. Yes. All right. All right. All right. We will we'll see you guys next week. We're in a stretch run. Y'all know what it is. We lock it in. Let's get it. Talk to y'all soon, man. Holla. <laughs>